Welcome to the Hand Project Podcast, helping assist veterans every day, where we bridge the gap between the veteran community and the community at large. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hat Project Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McKinnon, and I have a special guest with me here today. Would you please introduce yourself? Uh, Chief Master Sergeant Ron Ward, retired. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that, Amen. right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, Chief, I've known you for a little bit now, and you've been a big supporter of the Hat Project. We really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'd like to start off a little bit of your background. So you were telling me you're from Tonawanda, right? Yep. Born and raised in Tonawanda. I met my, my wife in high school, and actually in my senior year of high school, I was using her address so that I could oh, continue to go there. <laughs> like a home of record kind yes, of, right? Yes, home of record. As yeah. we say yep. in the military, HOR. Right? Yep. All home right. of record was her house, and so people often wondered, huh? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but her sis- she had a sister yeah. in the same grade I was. Uh-huh. Her oh. sister was a, was a senior at the same time, too. And now, what's the age difference between you and your wife? Uh, two years. Two years, same with me. All right, mm-hmm. so uh, how long have you been married right now? Oh, uh, let's see, put me under the gun. Yeah, 37 years. <laughs> 37 years, great. We're catching you, 23. <laughs> but I met her back in 89, Valentine's Day. Okay. So on a blind date. So we've had a lot of years together. Isn't it fun? It's great. You know, I don't know how these people do it now, looking for spouses and all stuff like our kids. Oh, I, and all. It's uh, I, I just had that conversation with my son. He's <laughs> out in California, yeah. and he is, you know, they're dating online, and he, and we were talking with him, and he's on speakerphone, and I told the wife, I said, you know, we can't leave each other at all because there's no way I'm going to follow this dating scene. <laughs> swipe left, swipe right. What is this? Meet somewhere. My son's out in Oklahoma in the Air National Guard out there, right? He just passed his E5 uh, exams. Yeah. So he's getting oh, promoted. Yeah, great. he'll be promoted the next great. drill for Air National Guard in Tulsa as a crew chief. So, great. right? So F-16s. And so we were talking about it. Uh, he came home for Christmas. It's great seeing him. And uh, we're just talking about all that. It's tough. It's tough for the young people but yeah. then again you and i are not on that side right we have a nice path ours is nice and relaxing mm-hmm. <laughs> i like getting up early and making coffee <laughs> but anyways so you met in high school and uh, then you went into uh, active duty right air force right after high school yes shipped out of buffalo duty. shipped out of buffalo How'd that go? Yeah. Maps? Uh, yeah, well, it was, it was downtown, and yeah. next thing I knew, I was sitting in an airport in Atlanta. <laughs> Although I did late enlisted, I did, I did. Yeah. I went down there, and it was in the summertime, and then mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah, I'll go in in November." So I delayed enlist a little bit, mm-hmm. but it was like going right downtown, and then from there, it was like, "Okay, I had a bag." And next thing I know, I'm finding myself sitting on the floor in Atlanta airport, <laughs> waiting to get the next flight down to uh, Antonio, San Antonio. Oh, Texas. San Antonio. Yes, right. Right, that's where a lot of the training is. I know my son went there just a few years ago for all his training for mm-hmm. the force. So how long did you do training down there for your uh, training down there was like six six weeks, I believe it was. Okay, what was your time. MOS then? You gotta uh, then then well then I had to go to school which was up in uh, Denver, Colorado. Okay. Lowry. And that was for my MOS so I was a weapons mechanic. Weapons mechanic, oh yeah. wow. Neat. All right. And where did that take you then while you were active duty? What type of duty stuff? Oh that took me to um, where was it? Uh, South Carolina okay. and Myrtle Beach. Hmm, nice. Okay. Terrible place to be. Oh, yes. It was a very <laughs> terrible place. I had a great time. And uh, while I was there, I also had a six-month trip to Hawaii. 
wow. with that. Oh, nice. Even worse. <laughs> I didn't have a too bad an assignment. I went from Alabama out of, out of Airborne School, the Pathfinder Unit, and then worked in Central America. And I love that. And then I got stationed in Central America. But, uh, you know, being from New York, I love my Alabama crew down there. But, you know, it really wasn't my type of background, you know. So yeah. it was interesting. Where South Carolina would have been kind of nice. But anyway, so you went uh, about, what, 77 to... Yeah, then I transitioned to um, the Air National Guard up in Niagara Falls. Okay. It's kind of like uh, the long-distance relationship with... Uh, uh, my girlfriend from high school just wasn't happening for me, so yeah, uh, went home right. and uh, and we picked up where we were and uh, beforehand uh, she was about ready to graduate high school uh, at the time and yeah. um, she was going to college. Nice. And so then uh, I started working around town and up at the airbase as a traditional guardsman. Nice. So that's, you got married, you said somewhere around eight, 1982, right? 82. 82, yep. okay. And so I was living out there then. You know, I was on Sanborn at that time. That was my stomping ground. So I was out there then. Uh, those of you who know the area, the Lockport Road, Ward Road, that whole area. Yeah. Wagners, Hoovers, all that stuff, getting my milk delivered. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. Jerry Hoover. That was great. So then um, you, I know you have kids. You said you have two kids. Yep, two kids. And um, how old? Uh, my right daughter now? is, uh, let's see, she just turned 31, and okay. my son's 28. He'll be turning 29 here shortly. Okay, yep. so you didn't have kids right away then? No, nope, no. Nope. Okay, all right, nope. cool. All right. Yeah, yeah we wife dated for like seven years before we got Whoa. married, and then it was like seven years before we had kids. Wow, good for you. <laughs> we we, we, uh, we met in high school. I went, similar to you, I went active duty, airborne infantry, came back, met her. She was in the reserves out there at Niagara Falls Air Base, uh-huh. and I uh, met my mother because my mom was in the nursing corps reserves out there too, and uh, my mom sent me on a blind date with her. And so we got married and started having kids right away and never looked back since. So, you know, it's, that's just a different path, but I like the way you took some time, you know, do yep. what you got to do. Great. All right. So we're out at the Niagara Falls Air Base and what was some of your jobs and what did you do out there? Oh, I did uh, several careers out there. It was like, um, I never thought I was going to be staying out there. Uh, when I got out, I was going to college uh, part-time, wanted to be an architect. Interesting. But I got a full-time job out there uh, in weapons and then from there... Um, we uh, traded aircraft, and so then I went into safety. Okay. Uh, and then from safety, I went into logistics, and then traded aircraft again uh, to 130s and went into the aerial port, and that's where I got chief. All right, and that's uh, all so at the airbase then, right? All at the airbase, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So about, you know, how yeah. people change jobs, I change jobs too, about every eight years or so. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that one. <laughs> I'm the same kind of way. So. But, uh, you know, just living life, just doing what you got to do, you know, and yep. you're only accountable for what you can do and what's in front of you, you know, yeah. so that's the thing. You just keep cooking, right? Oh, yeah. I love uh, Fran Luca. Um, um, for those of you out there listening, if you heard season one, I believe it was the last podcast I put out, was Fran Luca, the World War II vet, and he had a, he had a great career in the military, great career here in Buffalo, and then became a new book author at 93 years old. Wow. <laughs> I think that's great. So he's not stopping, yeah. right? So yeah. us military people, a lot of us are just out there, just, you know, we just keep cooking. Don't we? All right. right. I know, right? right. So, okay. So um, so at the air, when you're out working at the air base, that's probably when you had the kids and it's yeah. kind of settling yep. down. Yeah, that started the kids when I was out there at the air base. Uh, had a lot of different uh, TDYs and trips from the air base uh, all yeah. over the place. Um, you know. You want to talk about some of your deployments? Where'd you go? Oh, sure. Kosovo? Uh, well, I, did, I was uh, in the Kosovo area, mm-hmm. but the, I, I was stationed over in France, though, for it, because we were doing air refueling at the time. Okay. Uh, uh, before that, though, when we had the fighters, it was it was more or less just uh, training missions where we'd go to different places in the States, mainly down in Tyndall Air Force Base down in 
Florida. Florida, yeah. That was your training uh, grounds and, and stuff like in that. It's in the that. handle, that's panhandle yep. area. Yep. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, and then okay. uh, when uh, we got to the tanker, that was uh, where in safety and logistics, I really did a lot of uh, traveling. Wow. Uh, we went to, I was in the Middle East in Oman for a period for Operation Northern Watch mm-hmm. and Southern Watch, also for um, in Germany for that. Uh, and then uh, after we transitioned from there, we went into the 130s okay. and uh, Afghanistan tour there. Wow, how long were the t- how long was the tour in Afghanistan? Six months. Six months, right? Yeah, just was over it, a little more for six months. It was. Yeah. Was there a difference between like six months and a day compared to you know for like TDY or anything of that type of nature? I know when I was in, they kept us short. We go down to out of Fort Rucker and helicopter missions with Pathfinders. They kept us to only a few months, and then we had to come back because otherwise it'd be a duty no, this, station yeah. change. So. No, that, yeah, this one is a duty station change. Yeah. Because these were these were part of the uh, uh, systems for what they were um, working mm-hmm. uh, within there for transitioning traditional guard and or even active duty okay. back and forth you know with the air force is, is changing out units and so it was a six-month deployment for us it turns out to be a little over six months though because of your travel right like yeah but uh, and it's funny though, a lot of my listeners are non-military people that support the company and stuff and so they don't understand but they're interested in all this you know we mm-hmm. talk about acronyms like tdy and all that type of stuff yeah so temporary duty yonder <laughs> temporary duty <laughs> i love it it's like being in pt circles pain and torture right? instead of physical therapy but, but yeah so anything more than a certain time frame and then the military has to consider it a, a permanent change, permanent change of station at times station. Yep. so temporary for those of you out there listening um, who are interested in military type stuff and a lot of historians yeah. like yeah, the so. Afghanistan one was probably the mm-hmm. longest one that's really? the one the wife didn't like the, the least uh, other than before that it was mainly you know maybe a month right and maybe six weeks max okay at times most of them a lot of them were only two week long trips you know the short ones especially when we were with the yeah. fighters and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, France was like a month. Germany was about a month. Oman was oh, oh, Oman was like six, almost eight weeks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's that was, that's so far away. Yeah. Afghanistan, Oman, those are far away. Yeah. I mean, I was in Central America with the drug war type stuff and all that, and guarding the Panama Canal and Op Four and all that stuff down there. So I never really felt like you know the time change was that big a deal because it really wasn't. Yeah. Panama's not that much of a time change compared. Now the weather was different than Buffalo, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's another thing about I love talking to veterans about where they traveled, where they've been stationed, where they went on vacation, why they're stationed in different places, um, because there's the population of veterans out here that have done all that. It's so diverse. So you find people that have been up in cold weather areas, you yeah. find the Afghanistan's and yeah. myself in Central America. So you, you can you think of anything offhand? You do any vacationing at all, or see any sightseeing at all when you're in? France, uh, Germany. Yeah, Fran- France was the opportunity uh, mm-hmm. I actually had on, the, let's see, what was it? I think it was the third time over there for that. It was one of the longer tours. I was actually able to bring over my wife and daughter. Wow. They actually came cool. over mid-term with it because I was on the advanced nice. party and I was staying late. Right. And my job at the time, it was very slow for me mm-hmm. the week in between. Okay. okay. First, getting in there, you're getting everybody in because my job was logistics. I had to get everybody right. in there, all the right supplies, all the right people, mm-hmm. and get them in there, and then I had to get them out of there. Right. Okay. And so, um, in the middle, everything's, everyone else is doing their job. They got their stuff to do. I just start planning for the exit. And uh, so, uh, our commander was talking about it beforehand that, hey, let's try and get to see if our wives can come down. You know, hmm. you know. Nice. So, <laughs> you know, where we were staying was great with uh, in France. And so, uh, mm-hmm. my, my daughter and my 
wife came, my son didn't want to. Really? Yeah. Interesting. He, said, yeah, he, he wanted to know what's on TV there. And at that time, Pokemon was out. Pokemon. I said, no, no Pokemon. <laughs> oh, my God. He was only, he was small. That's so he's, And he wanted to eat McDonald's. And I said, sorry, son, but I'm in France. I ain't eating Not McDonald's. Not eating McDonald's. <laughs> I was in Panama, I would go out to just where Panamanians basically were, not even the soldier party places. I went to where locals were on yeah. the beaches and played soccer yeah. and stuff. And I used to love it because you eat their food, their style. Argentina, when we got yeah. to play down there, was great. Did the same thing. Their yeah, meat I, I just remembered. I was, in uh-huh. Pan- I was in Panama for really? a two-week stint. Yeah, we had our fighters when we had 16s. Hmm. So we were down there at one time. Okay. Uh, and we uh, were right, at the, right near the locks. Yeah, yeah. And that was one of the things yeah. I was able to do on that trip. I was mm-hmm. able to see the locks. But back to France. When I was in yeah. France, we were able to travel the countryside, which was Ooh, great, especially cool. on the weekends and stuff Ooh, like that. And nice. we got up to Saint Remy, uh-huh. uh, Avignon, because yeah. uh, we were in the southern area of France, and that, so that was fun. Torture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I've always, I've always, uh, I want to do now, now yeah. that I'm close to fully retiring, is right. I've been wanting to take my wife to where I've been, right. you know, other than uh, France. She's been to France now. Well, you don't want but, to see Tanawanda? <laughs> I think she's seen that a lot. <laughs> Check out some France. But uh, you know, I want to get overseas again, uh, over over into Pacific side. You know, I just I went to Guam a little bit, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind taking her out that way. Um, let's see. There's a lot of states I've been in because I also at one point in my career I did a lot of work with uh, the IG. Mm-hmm. Um, Inspector General's office, and we'd go out and, and, and inspect uh, units. Wow. I didn't. I didn't like calling it inspecting units. I right. called it more or less helping and training units. Okay. Uh, because you know, I went there with more. I always looked at it as more of a white hat. Huh? Okay, I'm going to see what you're yeah. doing. If you're doing right. it wrong, I'm going to tell you about it. Right. But I'm also going to show you some better, other better ways. Okay. So I always went there with better ways for what they can do. When I saw another unit doing it real good, I always brought that over. Stuff like that. Very interesting. So, so kind of like a lot quality, of different cities quality assurance or something. Yeah. In engineering circles years ago. So you're coming in yeah. instead of inspecting, it's more like quality assurance, just bringing up bringing everything them in. the car. And then of course there's also yeah. uh, uh, operation readiness inspections. Okay. <clears throat> you know, ORIs. Mm-hmm. And that um, that was uh, really fun. Because those are when uh, you're actually in, you know, wartime scenarios, mm-hmm. and you're at yeah. these at these bases that are, you know, they're they're uh, kind of like throwing scenarios at the troops, right. and, and you're asking them to do first aid, buddy care, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And okay, now you got to show me how you can clear your weapon, right. and that. And it's always just keeping keeping, especially the younger troops, trained and ready to go. Right. Like now that, that's so. something in your career. Um, you there's two aspects about about being in for a long period of time. One is sometimes you see a lot of changes. Yes. Right? And we'll talk about that in a second. But since you just mentioned the younger people, you also get to work with a lot of the younger people a lot too. Mm-hmm. And now you're at Duval. So, yes. <laughs> so you're really working with a lot of younger people. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, but back in the military, so isn't, isn't that kind of cool? It's kind of neat because you've got the younger people. You've got people from all over America, different walks yeah. of life, mm-hmm. right? Isn't it very... Yeah, yeah. I find it always so interesting to talk to veterans, especially yes. ones like yourself that mm-hmm. were in for a lot of years and saw a lot of stuff. So how did, how did you like working with like the younger troops as you went up, went up in rank? 
Well, that was always always fun. Um, usually, I always started this conversation as what's what are the goals? What do they want to do? Right. You know, where do they want to be in life and that? And yeah. and one of the quotes I always like is you know I tell them you know a goal is not something that you have to achieve. A goal mm-hmm. is a progress report basically. There you go. <laughs> okay, it's something it's something to follow for. Correct. You don't have to always achieve it, but have something to know what you want to go forward to. It's so true. And a lot of goals will change. <laughs> yeah, as we know. <laughs> Talking about personal history. <laughs> yep. We won't get into that right now. But anyways, but that's just, that's so true. I always tell my kids that we have gifts and talents and we have the ability to use them and no man's an island. Mm-hmm. And so always go out and be productive. And even if it's not easy, it's still something that we need to do. You know, oh, yeah. so just keep cooking. There's no one perfect job. There's no one perfect place to live. You know, so in us military people talking to uh, Alyssa Vasquez on the last podcast, um, you know, hearing her stories about being a mother and having children and then, you know, then joining the military as a military spouse. I don't know if you knew that about her. She joined the military as she was a military spouse and um, then joined. And it was amazing. You know, we move around. A lot of us in the military, our kids are in different schools. They also um, are emerged with different types of cultures sometimes. And I saw in my personal history, my family history right now, my wife and kids, it's been a great thing, you know, to be able to do that. And I'm sure with you and your children. Oh, yeah. Isn't it great? It's amazing to see, like, you know, the diversity. see everything uh, around. And uh, uh, my kids, they didn't actually travel with me a lot. But right. uh, they had the opportunity to do different things, and I, I was able to give them the opportunity to know a lot of different stuff. And, you know, the other thing about being, like, say, us as the parents, we're maybe the ones doing all the traveling a lot, but it does open us up as parents to, like, a mindset where we're willing to go into society now, and we're used to dealing with other people, we're used to dealing with different uh, situations that come up, uh, we're used to dealing with stressful situations, like, you know, I jumped out of airplanes for a living, and mm-hmm. you were in charge of so much, and you have pressures, and you handle it, and same thing with me, so. Um, I always find the veteran population when uh, we click in the community, it's we can be amazing assets right. you know, to the community. Right. So talk about the change, though. This is uh, I'd like to hear your opinion about, you know, from 1977, was it? No, <laughs> Until yeah. 2000, 2015. 15. So yeah. just in a broad brush, what type of changes did you see in the military? Oh, I, <laughs> I would have to see, uh, you know, several culture changes. It went from, you know, don't say anything about uh, uh, how you are personally right. to, you know, don't ask, don't tell, right. to, okay, now you can come out of the closet. <laughs> and right. then along gotcha. with that, you know, I, I went through, what was it, uh, four, five uniform changes? Wow. Oh, right, just, right. That's just in that true. time frame, too. Uniform yeah. changes were constantly. Uh, aircraft, I mean, I can't believe, I mean, I worked on 101s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Aircraft. Nuclear. Or okay. not nuclear, but I mean they could carry nuclear um, armor missiles, missiles armament, yeah. and then mm-hmm. at the time, yeah. and uh, all the way to you know F-16s right. for fighters, and that, and then uh, then I went to tankers that were built in 1959. Okay, that was when I was born. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> these are tankers who are still weren't using them. 1959, we're working on those, and then we went and uh, another aircraft to the 130s, and the 130s have gone through so many renditions of themselves. Right. I mean, the most popular ones now are the J models, which have the faster okay. propellers to them, a little longer, longer body to them, hold more. Pallets and, and yeah. things like that. 
So they got what, bigger and badder. Bigger and badder, yes, <laughs> basically. My son's a crew chief for the F-16s, and so like they were learning on iPads a few years ago, like how to uh, basically learn every little nut and bolt about you know about the F-16. Mm-hmm. And so like I've seen, I bet you saw some of the paperwork to the computers come in. <laughs> we used to have to carry out these technical manuals, oh, okay, geez. to the aircraft. They were like six inches thick, and now. The iPads just take over iPads. <laughs> iPads. Yes. I was at the AutoZone today because my seven-year-old passed his driver's test just a few weeks ago, so he can drive himself to work now. So it's great. And his light bulb, of course, went out. And it's the middle of winter, of course. So you know, Dad, I need to get a new light bulb. So I walked into AutoZone today, and they still had all the old books. You now they sell the books still for the cars. cars. Yeah. yeah, my dad was is an auto mechanic. He always is, you know. And, and I used to use those and wear those books out, and they get all greasy and nasty. And I looked at him. I was like, I looked at the guy selling. Him, I was like, Are you still selling those? He goes, Well. Oh, we sell them, but they're always on sale. Because <laughs> like, everybody YouTube does that line, yeah. And there's a guy behind me in line, a little bit older. I mean, he goes, "I just use YouTube," <laughs> and he's like, older than me. But it's so, so you saw him go from paperwork, paperwork to, stuff. To now, big question is, and uh, listen, I were talking about this is, even though we came into the computer age, and even though we still had all this processing on the computer. We still need the paperwork, right? Sometimes to be like filled out. Sometimes, yes. right? Yeah, there's still some paperwork, in it, and basically it's entertaining so that it goes from yeah. one person to the next to know uh-huh. what has to get done. That's yeah. a, I find that interesting. That was still so it's still a dual system, and the VA uh, has gotten bashed sometimes in the healthcare system. Um, they're trying to get to everybody it's supposed to be on one system kind of thing. Remember, and so like in physical therapy circles, they're always looking at the PTs on base that can do more than civilian PTs in the mm-hmm. PT yeah. sector. That's one of the best aspects is not only can they order bone scans and all that kind of stuff as PTs in the Army, but uh, compared to civilian sector, but they also have an in-house system so they can see anything they want about the soldier that's been done to the soldier. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I find that, you know, in the civilian sector, it's just, you know, a mess right now. It's, just, it's kind of too hard. But it's happened even in the, uh, the VA education sector. Correct. They've gone in a lot more digital. Okay. It used to be all kinds of paperwork. And I mean, if, I mean, when I first got the job at Deauville, yeah. they had to fax me <laughs> paperwork right. on certain individuals for the different plan for the different benefits they were receiving. Right. And I would say, why don't you just email it to me so I have it electronically? Right. We can't do that. Right. We don't okay. have the system set up. Well, they had the system for it. <laughs> that they can't do that because it's, right. it was it was through a non-secure system and everything. Oh, right, right. But now, sure. now everything is emailed, but you don't get all the information in the email. Everything, you just get an email saying, hey, this person has been up. Um, you now have a, what to call a, a, a PO number. Okay. And we, then we go in a system, and then that person's in the system. In a secure with the system. Paper, yeah, a secure system. Mm-hmm. With the paperwork, so we know now. Now we can take them, and we can bill them for that uh, education benefits that he's getting, and everything else like that. So it's gone, gone a lot. They've finally gone from all the paperwork to yeah. more electronic. Excellent. So, yeah. do, so do you, are you in the boat? I. Are you in the boat where you think uh, computerized um, stuff is better than paperwork years ago? Because it's oh, yeah. more streamlined. It's more streamlined. It's faster to access. Mm-hmm. There you go. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually gotten, uh, I have hardly go to our file cabinet now for people. <laughs> right. uh, peop- uh, students will come in, hey, uh, what are, uh, did I get certified yet? And I'm st- right on my computer and look them right. up and say yep yep you're certified i don't have to go to the file right. and look in there and say oh there's a piece of paperwork that says yeah you got certified <laughs> at such, such a date yeah everything's electronic so i can share sure. and now with smartphones you can connect connect with students right off the bat right, right off right the bat to the, yeah, too, yeah. send them links and info and stuff that's i think that's great right now mm-hmm. so before we talk more about deuvel um let's talk about what happened when you retired right oh yeah and then We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. 
This Little Pig is the dream of Jeff and Mandy Cook, an upscale restaurant and bar featuring American cuisine made from scratch and served in a warm, friendly, casual, and unique environment. Find them online at www.thislittlepigeats.com. Their location is at 4401 Transit Road, Williamsville, New York, 14221, at the corner of Main Street and Transit. Thank you to Dr. Wendy Weinstein for her support of the Have Project podcast. Dr. Weinstein has been in private practice for 20 years. She is a board-certified psychiatrist who treats most illnesses, including depression, PTSD, bipolar disorder, and anxiety. She's conveniently located downtown at 631 Delaware Avenue. Her contact number is 716-362-1210. If you're enjoying this episode of the podcast or past episodes, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or podbean.com. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoy the rest of the program today. Did you have a job lined up? No, I didn't really have anything uh, lined up until Uh uh, about a month before I retired, and that's when uh, my uh, VFW post commander came to me and said, hey, I need somebody to work the books at the VFW. Okay. And he said, Jeff, feel you perfect spot for it. And I said, well, yeah, I I can can do paperwork. (laughs) Do paperwork. Been in the military. Been in the military as a chief. I did a lot of paperwork. So, uh, yeah, so I took that on and uh, was a bar, what's called the bar steward, you know, managing the the post itself and the, and the canteen, which is the bar. And, and this is the VFW on Grand Island, Grand the Island, out there. Grand Island, New York, post 9249, yep. uh, Charles de Glopper Memorial Post. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would order the, you know, the liquor that we needed, the beer, stuff like that. Well, important payroll, stuff. Pay, payroll for the, the bartenders, oh, nice. uh, things like that. And nice. Just keep things organized. And it was uh, just part-time job. Right. Great. Working with, talking with other old Older veterans. We had a lot. Of, we got a lot of Vietnam veterans there at the post. And that, post. So working with them and, and stuff like that. And then I uh, got a call from uh, Veterans One Stop. Uh, Colonel Higgins uh, was at that time uh, on the board of Veterans One Stop, and they were looking at trying to expand a little bit more. They wanted they wanted some other uh, military. Uh, personnel uh, or access okay. uh, and since I can get access to the air base and we got time you know there's a couple thousands of veterans out there right and that so they wanted to expand a little bit and you know get their word out uh, veterans one stop and uh, re- not recruit but to get the people to who our access and, and, and can use the Veterans One Stop's benefits and, and so services that they can provide um, to just at least get them registered. Right. So I would go out there at times and I would get, you know, 15, 20, 20 guys signed up and at a time and, and go there. And so that uh, just kind of boosted up uh, the database for Veterans One Stop so they, they you know, had the people in that. And a place so like Veterans One Stop, did, that's amazing. I mean, they need that, you know. Yeah. I understand that because after meeting them, being out there and seeing what they do and everything, I mean, you know, there's a lot of veterans out here and I've given the statistics before from 2014 with Mario Cuomo and I go into some companies and I'll teach on veteran awareness and all that and, you know, uh, 60 to 80,000 veterans right here in this type of area right here and it's amazing all the family members that's involved and mm-hmm. the children and spouses and you know reach so many people so you're able to go in and kind of connect the dots right right and kind of bolster up the the, the veteran one-stop center mm-hmm. right and kind of help them out now, help them out when was this what year is that oh uh, let's see that was uh through uh most of 16 okay and then part of 17 all right or no most of 16 or most of 17 okay yeah 16, a little bit of 16, most of 17, and then into 18. What was the title there that you had? Uh, 
uh, community engagement. Okay. Uh, basically, I did I did a lot of events and things. Uh, a lot of times, people would have saw me at uh, you know Mickey Kearns when he was doing the um, Think Event program. Yep. I teamed up with uh, the gals that were out there at those different events with them mm-hmm. because we got all kinds of veterans that don't know everything that they need. And right. the you know Think Event program was giving them that card that they can get discounts mm-hmm. at restaurants. I have mine. Well, a lot of them didn't realize <laughs> they can also get some financial advice, maybe some legal so advice true. that they couldn't get. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe some more education. Uh, maybe they're getting close to be, not being uh, able to find any housing or have any housing or right. something like that. So Veterans One Stop was there. So we, we advertised that way there and got people signed up through that. Uh, so I used that event. Uh, and then, of course, when there were different uh, events the Veterans One Stop was doing, you know, I worked at those and, and things like that, too. It's a great place. Yeah. And um, I know they've helped me out. They've got me some assistive devices and a power chair before and everything. And, um, you know, I've been mm-hmm. out there a few times it's great uh, main street right yep, main street and right bryant by, right by the delta right the sonic <laughs> just down the road from delta sonic right at the corner of main, main street and bryant second floor right yeah. <laughs> i remember parking my car first time i went out there and i was like hmm, middle of winter it smells like soap i'm like what is this you know yeah you can smell the delta sonic, the delta the sonic. Yeah. those of you who are out of state delta sonic is a car wash and there are huge facilities around town so the local company but uh, all right so now you were out there Right, yep. and then somehow you received a call. So then I got a call to Duval, right? To interview out at Duval for uh, the D- uh, director of veteran services, and uh, so I said, uh, sure, why not? Uh, the only thing is, I had to talk it over with the wife because I w- I'm working two part-time jobs now, right? Oh, and yeah. then it would be, well, I'd have to get rid of both of those, you right. know, and then go and go to Duval full-time. Correct. But I knew I'd be working with veterans again, mm-hmm. you know, you know, helping out veterans, and so that was what I wanted to do so yeah. I talked to the wife I said do you mind you know and she kind of looked at me and said you're practically full-time now with two jobs right you might as well just go all in right? go all in just put the chips in yeah <laughs> get better benefits <laughs> it's funny my, my daughter's 21 she's working like three-fourths time for, for a company in town daycare she loves it she really does love it. she's been there over a year and somebody just left that was full-time and she's so she's trying to step in and I said you might get a little resistance just telling you because once you cross that line full-time now you're getting benefits and all that type of stuff so you know a lot of companies out there you know you, if you're working two part-time jobs you might not be getting all the benefits right, right. so might as well right. just all yeah. in go all in so i met you when you came out to duval i was yep. like and all the changes that came about so um man it was amazing so i had saw i had been to duval 2012 2013 uh, and then left the state back out to oklahoma again where we were came back our families are here had the opportunity to come back to duval and it was great and uh, that was 2017. When I came back, 2017. I started 2018. 2018, correct. Okay. So and then all the changes came in, right? So we had renovations at Duval. Renovations, yeah. The college. So let's talk for a few minutes about the how good Duval is for the veterans because blew my mind away you know there was no private school in my mind when I left and came back that, that I would even look at because as a veteran and not just being from Buffalo myself my family but the uh, the benefits so explain to somebody out there in general if they, they have college well, students or yeah, whatever. We, uh-huh. uh, if you're going to go to Duville if you have any type of veterans uh, background uh, uh, parent veteran or anything like that we have different programs for each mm-hmm. of them uh, <clears throat> we go into the, all the different uh, state programs that you can be applied for too the big thing to do we have a dedicated veteran staff okay for right. the students 
and uh, and the veteran themselves. So we can work with you. It's not just somebody else who's also working the financial aid for the other 3,000 students that are in right. the college. You know, we work right with you. We work with the financial aid then to make sure we're getting you on the right path. One of my favorite uh, things to do is uh, working with a ven- uh, veteran and or even a the veteran and his daughter mm-hmm. and he's trying to figure out what's the best route for my daughter to go and right. he may have access to two different benefits right so right. then we can work with him and say wait a minute we might want to use this benefit first in the first couple of years because gotcha. yeah it pays less right but it's going to cost more when she starts her graduate work right so let's go to the next benefit that pays better and that graduate in the graduate work because <laughs> in the meantime we can go to new york state and try and get some more money for that undergraduate work right that's and stuff true like that so there's a lot of different programs so this is one of the things we can do mm-hmm. uh and work right with the veteran on uh we have um two area or three areas actually we have our office area and then we have a com- huge computer lounge that are strictly for the veterans and or dependents right. you know we call them military aligned uh they can use this and get free printing uh for it so it's more of a uh, quiet study area form and then we have another lounge area across the hall from that where they can interact with other veterans and or other students. Uh, I don't even mind if uh, a veteran is in a study group and right. not everyone's a veteran. Right. Okay. Okay. Bring Use the lounge. <laughs> it's part of the school anyways. Okay. It just happens to be that there's mostly veterans and or dependents that are veteran using centered. Lounge. Right. It's veteran centered. Right. And what was that board I was out on? I sat in a few times with you on. Um, there was some vet. You had that oh board. yeah, we got our uh, community uh, veterans com- uh, engagement board that we are trying to military. Uh, it's called the military engagement board that we are trying to uh, look at. Uh, uh, other ways that we can bring more of the community into Duville right. and stuff like that. So uh, it's been basically kind of put on a, a hiatus right now, sure. mainly because uh, Duville is getting that big hub built, a medical hub. Right. Um, so. Uh, more of the focus and uh, resources are going towards that and and even when that comes up then that's going to free up other areas at Duville for possibly a larger a more robust military and it's already center. very active and it's right. very uh, how should I put it it's like Veteran centered to me is, you know, a great way to put it because as a student there, being a veteran, I there's like no other school, and I have degrees from other schools and stuff. And um, you basically go to a school and they like have some closet somewhere with a like, you know, veteran like lounge mm-hmm. or something, and nobody's there and there's no help. Right. And, but um, being um, you're a little bit more focused and oriented towards the veterans and the veteran students, and like the veteran students, those of you out there, he mentioned uh, there are parents that can pass down to their children their benefits. benefits and so like they don't really have to be calling different VAs and all that kind of stuff they can just come to Duval yeah. talk, and talk mm-hmm. to everybody there yep. talk to you talk and, to us here we can yeah. help them out you know, they might have to do a little bit of work on uh, on online themselves sure. because I can't, I can't, I don't have their history or their records. Right. I can't put everything in <laughs> right. for them. Yeah. But we do have other contacts. We have uh, contacts for different BSOs, yeah. uh, veteran service officers, that is, uh, that can help them out with that thing. Right. Uh, I know a lot of the uh, the people, the veteran pe- uh, personnel that are at the education center right there on 130 South Elmwood Avenue. Yeah. So we know them. We keep them in touch and, and stuff like that. Now, how many veteran students are there? We have veteran about a uh, veteran, well, if, you, if we take a aligned uh, military aligned students, we're yeah. right about 260 yeah. right now. 260, that's amazing. What's the overall population at Duville right now? Duville is just over 3,000. 260. 
Over three thousand. That's that's excellent, though. Yeah. You know, almost ten percent. Yeah, almost ten percent. Wow. Yeah, we're we're one of the highest Fantastic. percentage. Yeah. UB has a lot more veteran military line students than right. and we do. But they they mainly just track their veterans um, because they are but they are you know a much larger school. They're huge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we we're, we're close to almost a ten percent population. That's fantastic. Which is, which is that's great. So great. And and, and, great. and all of them receive some type of aid. Right. Or are eligible for some type of aid. Right. And, then, yeah. and it is, it's great. All these all these um, dedicated staff that you have there. How many are there total right now? Three, four. Right now we have two. Two. Okay. <laughs> I've gone down one because the one guy I had he just took a position okay. out in Albuquerque. Wayne Wood. Dwayne Wood uh, oh. used to used to work in the office. He just took a position oh, yeah, out of yeah, Albuquerque. Yeah. I think you met him. Uh-huh. Um, he, yeah, yeah. he used to work at Canisius. Uh, oh we, yeah, we, so he went out. We okay. stole him over. Oh, <laughs> and then he found then out. He took out he, then he took off in oh, uh, no. <laughs> uh, New Mexico, uh, grabbed him from us. Uh, right. he, he's doing That's something cool. more. He likes. Uh, right. he's, he's still working with veterans. He's still working in military wise. He's basically working on courses uh, that are New Mexico State University and DoD. Okay. Line. Cool. So, um, nice. you know, now who's out there out still there. then? You said yourself and who's Just myself and Lisa Higgins. So, Higgins. we are going to be looking up for uh, uh, another person to be coming on pretty soon here. Uh, who's the other fellow that used to be there? Yes, uh, Don, Don Wilson. Don Wilson left uh, this past summer. Oh, okay. All right. I wasn't sure. Summer. All right. Yeah. He was there, I think, for a while too. So. He was there for a few years. Yep. Yeah. Great. So, uh, the dedicated staff there actually work real hard to figure out the best scenario individually for the, for the veterans and the veteran aligned. I can speak from experience out there. There. So those of you listening, um, if you're a veteran and you're interested in going back to school or if you have veteran benefits you haven't tapped into, um, I would suggest uh, calling the school. What's the number that they can reach you at, phone number? You can reach me at 826-7836. Okay. And uh, an email address? Email, uh, you can either go veterans mm-hmm. at dyc.edu or mine is ward r w-a-r-d-r at dyc.edu. Any type of questions, I'm sure you'll be able to oh, at yeah. least field them. And and, and uh, Chief's good at you know connecting the dots, mm-hmm. right? And aligning people up and uh, arranging things and getting stuff done the right way. So sure. individually looking at everybody is important too. It's not just a cookie cutter scenario. You're a veteran, right. and blah, no blah, one's blah. a cookie cutter. Right. It's and you guys actually listen. So they have open door policies. It's not one of these uh, scenarios where you hear um, uh, always available but never accessible. It's actually you know those of us that have been in college for years and have professors that talk about being in there god bless them but yet they're just never there you know so but actually these people are there and uh and chief knows i used to go in there and bug these guys and, and knock on the door and yeah. come in and see they're yeah. always so like alert and ready to go and, and, and helping out um so where's the future then of do you headed for you guys with the veteran aligned you're waiting for the hub kind of to get finished yeah, kind, of wait, kind, of kind of waiting for that hub to get trigger. finished off and then once we go through the celebration of that then we'll probably get kicked off back into seeing okay now what classes uh what um facilities that are currently being used are going to be moving over that way and what's going to wow. open up and then maybe we can start looking at okay maybe we might relocate our veteran center to maybe a larger facility i mean our ideas on it for this veteran center is possibly yeah. um <clears throat> get some daycare Ooh, um, there's a big one maybe even some uh sleeping quarters wow. especially for those transitioning veterans that are actually just coming in the area they're just Amazing. getting out they want to start that semester right away mm-hmm. but they don't have a place to stay yet wow you know so uh maybe just a little sleeping maybe uh more of an activity area yeah. uh things like that um a, a yoga yoga lounge nice yeah <laughs> 
want to team up with Veterans One Stop, where one of those yoga instructors will come over there you and go. you know and <laughs> Just, work that. So there's all kinds of ideas. Yeah. A lot of the ideas, nothing is uh, being put off the table. We're just going to see where we can go with it and go from there. Let's see if the Hat Project can get in the hub. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Dr. Panzarella is out there still. I'm still friends with her online and everything. She's doing a lot of stuff with the Family Justice Center in Grand Island. Fantastic. And uh, I was always messing with her trying to say, well, I need a little spot there. I could put the assistive devices for veterans and their families, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, Dubo has been a, a great support. Um, I started the Hat Project while I was a student there. So yeah. it was actually the birthing ground of all the ideas, you know, and stuff. And being a part of the physical therapy, um, the department out there, which is great with Dr. Rivers and Dr. Miller and Dr. White and Dr. Pichter and all that, I and mean, they're, they're fantastic people. And so they're very nurturing in the idea of starting the Hat Project while I was in school, <laughs> and, and it has blossomed. Yep. So I know I was telling Alyssa the other day, I, I'm getting ready to file for taxes, and I'm, I'm approximately at about $88,000 worth of equipment in the past two years since I started it that I've gotten out to you know, veterans oh, and their families at no cost and right. stuff. So. Um, but we are looking also for monetary donations, any companies out there too. Uh, so Montante Construction, Hunt Real Estate, different, different uh, Buffalo Rehab Group, and then the, and Buffalo Physical Therapy. They all uh, cut me some checks sometimes because it costs money to uh, repair and uh, get the power scooters with new batteries. And I never give anything out unless it's inspected first. If I have any doubt, I I don't I won't give it out because in my opinion, uh, I don't think veterans deserve junk. Right. I don't I don't think they do. And just like you on your side of the fence, uh, where you're at in the academic. Uh, circles, the veterans deserve the best, right? Yep. So we work hard at it, we slug away at it, and we do the best we can. We're not perfect, right? We make some mistakes, we stumble, but we learn, and we keep cooking, right? Keep cooking. So that's the great thing about um, what we're doing in the groundswell here. Um, speaking with uh, Trey Randall and Higher Ground and uh, myself and some of the DAV guys, and the, uh, the list goes on. Uh, the Veteran One Stop Center, the Western New York Veteran Housing Coalition, the VA Healthcare for Homeless with Kristen Weiss and all them. Um, to see like all the veterans, the veteran community that I've rubbed elbows with, and to see the swell that's been happening the last two years or three years or five years now in Buffalo, I'm, I'm proud to be from Buffalo and to be a veteran from Buffalo. Right. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, I, we have room to improve, but yeah. There's a lot of organizations out yeah. there, and uh, the biggest thing is we know when we can tap other veterans because most veterans are here to serve. They, right. That's why they went in, they wanted to serve, and even when they come out, they still want to serve. It's they amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And that's like my father was, um, wasn't was feeling good um, through the holiday seasons. He's out in Syracuse. He went to the Syracuse VA, and he had nothing but good things to say about him. He had a great time. Great. You know, he said the, the care was good. We get all this bashing and all this type of stuff, you know, because Alyssa was saying, like, nine good things happen in the VA, one bad thing once in a while happens, and boom, that's what's on the news, you know, unfortunately. But those of us that are out there as veterans and we're plugging along and doing what we're supposed to be doing every day, um, I feel is a true representation of what really the veteran community is in Buffalo compared to what you just see on the media or on TV right. and so forth. So, right. um, But there's a lot of services available, and the educational side of things is something you don't hear talked about too much, unfortunately, with veterans. Right. 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 So anybody out there? There's a lot of educational opportunities. What if somebody was from um, like Oklahoma or something like that? Because we have listeners from Oklahoma, we mm-hmm. have California, all that type of stuff, and so they can participate and call you. They can oh, yeah. maybe their children oh, might be eligible for I just, stuff too. I was right? just on the phone with uh, a dependent child who's out in uh, California. Really? Okay. He's coming to Deauville for a PA program. Oh, nice! Okay. Great program. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's looking at coming to the school for the PA program. We'll talk yeah. to him. You know what I needed from his dad oh, as far as 
for things. And we also looked at, okay, does your dad have any um, service-connected disability? You know, when did he retire or when did he get out of the service? And, you know, so I can connect all the dots there to find out whether or not can we get him some other aid. Right. Yeah. You know, Good for you. Like that. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about today? I think. Is there any? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, you got my life story pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure our kids will be thankful we don't say too much about that. <laughs> my kids True. are always laughing, especially since this is a national podcast yeah. now with the Apple Podcast. Yeah. So, um, Chief, um, I want to thank you so much for coming out today. Now we do have something extra coming up for two minutes. It's a time thing. It's called Stoppage Time for Soccer. It's okay. a fun little section that I've been doing with some of the guests, and that'll be released at a future date, so stay tuned for that. Um, is there anything you want to sh- give a shout out to your wife or kids or anybody? Oh, just say hi to the wife, the kids. Hey, since my son's out in California, he's a 49ers fan. Let's go 49ers. This <laughs> there weekend. you go. In Buffalo territory. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to, to meeting people as I'm out and about in the community. And thank you so much, Chief, for the interview. Appreciate no it. Thank you. It's great. The HAVE Project, helping assist veterans every day, was founded with the intentions of helping local veterans through donations. Accepting donations of used assistive and mobility devices and distributing them to local veterans and their families for free here in the Western New York area. Find us on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Thank you to This Little Pig Restaurant for hosting. Find us on Facebook. Please check out our new website at www.thehaveproject.com. Any questions, concerns, or comments can be emailed to Have Veteran Project at gmail.com. Thank you.